welcome to Mums Group, a podcast for new and expectant mums navigating the joyful complexities of motherhood. My name's Ali Barnes, and I created this podcast before COVID-19, but now it feels even more important as mums groups aren't meeting together. So welcome. Now, all mums are working mums, but today I want to chat about returning to paid work. It's a time when you might feel a mix of emotions. There's the excitement of working and spending time with adults again, but there can also be anxiety about your child's care or feelings of guilt you need to navigate. Today, I've invited my school friend, Lynn, and church friend, Tani, to join me and share their experiences of this time and any tips they have for this period of transition. I hope it's helpful. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Lynn. Um, my husband and I have a little boy, Joey, who's learning the names of dinosaurs and trying to say them. Um, I work part-time at a church. I do communications for them. I just work 20 hours a week and Joey's at daycare uh, when I'm at work. Yeah, my name's Tani and uh, my husband and I, we have two kids. Lucia, our daughter, is just in her first year of kindy at school and our son Otis is two and a bit. I work three days a week as a social worker in community health. Lynn, how old was Joey when you went back to work and what did you enjoy about going back to work or was it just for, you know, a double income? So I went back to work when Joey was 11 months old, but for the first month that I was back at work and transitioning into my role again, um, my husband took a month of parental leave. So he was with Joey for that first month that I was back at work. And then he started at daycare when he was 12 months old. I went back to work because I wanted to go back to work. Part of my decision was just around having a bit of diversity in my week and after a couple of months I think I realized it just made me more attentive and I wouldn't say a better mum but just a more switched on mum for the days that I was at home because I felt like I cherished that time more. I found that work gave me some mental stimulation but it also gave a rhythm to our week that I think I really struggled to put in place just being at home seven days a week with Joey. Mm, I loved missing banjo when I went back to work you know it, it you're right it turns from you know abundance of quantity of time to more that quality yeah what about you Tani yeah um Lucia was 15 months old when I started back at work and I actually went from my old position I changed jobs and started a new job when she was about 15 months old which was an unexpected situation I wasn't expecting that during my maternity leave that I'd changed jobs but that's was that your choice or was that the employers had made a shuffle it was my choice my plan was to have 12 months off during maternity leave but when she was about 11 months old the thought of going back to work the next month just felt really daunting really anxiety provoking and I was just like I don't feel ready Mm. I don't Mm. feel like she's ready And so I was in discussion with my old employer for a few weeks, a few months to try and talk about what, how could my job look different? Because I was, I would have been going back to a five day a week position for a small NGO working with teenagers. And I didn't want to do five days a week and I didn't want to have to do on call work. So I was discussing with them, how could my role be different? They were being very accommodating and wanting to make that work. And in the meantime, I just late one night looked up what jobs are going and I found a three-day-a-week position within health 
And it just seemed like a really good time to do something different, have a job that wasn't sort of making me fit into this these hours. It just was a different role that I could go, yes, I can achieve three days. And it was a really good call. What was it? You said it was like an anxiety-inducing time thinking of returning to work. Was it the amount of time that you were going to be separated from Lucia? Was it that you felt she wasn't ready to be without you? Were you worried about daycare? What was causing the anxiety? There was a few things. One was I was still breastfeeding on demand, like Mm. sometimes four or five times a day. And I thought to suddenly just not be home with her, what will that mean? Um, She didn't take a bottle. I'd barely had her babysat by anyone other than my husband or my mum on very few occasions. So the thought of leaving her at all felt really daunting. And then the thought of leaving her in the care of people we don't know, like in a kindy setting, I just felt like, wow, I'm not ready. I need to sort of ramp up to doing that. I need to do some practice of having her be minded by somebody else. And So it was much more my own sense of readiness more than hers. Um, But it it actually kept me up at night sometimes. I'd be like, I have to start working like four weeks. I don't know if I can do that. So it was at that point that I started the discussion with my workplace to say, at minimum, I'm pushing back my return date a little and let's discuss what my work role will look like. Yeah. Uh, Lynn, for you, were you ready to go back to work or did it feel too soon? I think I was ready in terms of seasons of life ready. It was really hard to find a daycare that I felt comfortable leaving Joey at and to leave him at daycare for those first couple of weeks was really challenging just in my own heart. Like Mm. I felt confident that they would look after him well and that he would be fine. I also had the benefit of being able to work really flexible hours So for the first few months, I actually worked shorter days, five or six hour days, and I'd drop him later and pick him up. And then as he got more used to daycare, I would stretch the days out. Um, So then I would work some hours at home to make up for the shorter days that I worked. So I had the benefit of being able to do that. And I think that really helped any anxiousness that I had about leaving him in a daycare setting. But I just remember, I just pray for him and for myself on the way um, to work after I dropped him off. Sometimes he'd be totally fine when I dropped him off. Sometimes he'd be really sad and I'd be really sad seeing him really sad. But just being able to pray and know that even more than I love Joey, the Lord loves him and is actually capable of caring for him and comforting him even when I'm not present. I think that was just a real balm to my soul because, um, yeah, it's just really hard leaving someone who you've spent every day with. (laughs) Yeah. For a year, like you've both been on this big journey um, and to to shift the routine of your life is a big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not just the the kid transitioning into daycare. It's you. It's a massive period of transition for you trusting someone else. A spot opened up at our daycare about six weeks before I went back to work and we decided to take it because we really wanted to be at this daycare. My sister, her kiddos were there, loved it, real community feel. And so we thought, oh, we better take it, even though, you know, it's hard sending your kid to childcare, right, when you can look after them and also when you don't have the income source coming through yet. But I'm so glad we did because it allowed me to have those, yeah, five or six weeks 
of just helping him transition through that before I had to worry about doing my job well and thinking about him the whole time. I was really grateful for that. But I do remember Lynn messaging you after those first few days. Thankfully, I didn't do drop-off because of the nature of my work. I work mornings. My husband always did drop-off and I did pick-up. So I didn't have to see the crying and walking away. I didn't have to go through that, thankfully. But I remember when I would pick him up and he was like koala digging his claws in and even trying to put him in the car after I'd pick him up. It was like, never leave me again. I just want to hold on to you. And that was so hard. And I remember messaging you and telling you uh, about that and what the educators had said that, you know, he took a while to settle. And you were like, but that's a good thing that they were really honest and that when he has a good day, you can trust that he's had a good day because they've told you that, that he struggled a bit today. And I'm so grateful because... It took maybe a week of him being upset and then he was like, oh, you come back. Okay, I'll be right. And he he just has thrived in daycare and I actually think that they sometimes do a better job raising him in terms of the things that they're teaching him and stimulating him with than uh, what I could offer at home. So, I think being able to leave your child with someone who you trust to be open in communication with whether that's a family member, whether that's a friend, whether it's a paid daycare setting, like I think that just makes the world of difference trusting that if something goes wrong, they're going to tell you if your child's not okay, you're going to know about it. And that if they are okay, you can actually trust that they they are okay. They're not just sweeping over them having a rough time and not telling you. Uh, I, I found that really helpful with our daycare. Like the first few days that Joey did orientation, the first couple of times I left him, you know, they called me after an hour or two and they were like, he's really... He needs you to come back. And I was like, actually, that's really helpful. Like I want to know if he's not coping and I want to be able to come back and get him Mm. and we'll try again the next day or the next week or whatever it is. But it meant that when they didn't call me, I knew he was coping. Yeah, That was a really big deal for me. Mm. And it would have been the same if I had left him with my parents or, you know, if some friends of mine were doing like a shared care sort of system. Like you just want to trust that if your child's not okay and needs you, you're going to be able to get there for them. How did you feel, whether with daycare educators or with your parents, in-laws, other people looking after your kids and doing things differently to the way that you would have done? How, how did you navigate that, Tani? Yeah. When I first started back at work, when Lucia was about 15 months, she only went to kindy one day a week originally. And because I was working three days, one day a week was with her dad and one day a week was with family. So it was typically my mother-in-law. So across three different days, she had different carers. And between my husband and I, it was really beautiful, actually, to see him do things differently than what I did with her. Because when I had usually been like the primary parent to get up and care for her or prepare food or to comfort her or to change nappies, suddenly he was doing it a whole day a week, which actually made the rest of the week him more confident caring for her. And their relationship blossomed beautifully and it was really beautiful. And we did that again when Otis went back, when I started back to work after Otis was born as well because we just found it so lovely. In terms of kindy teachers or extended family, yes, people do things differently and that's really quite good and healthy. But it came with some teething issues probably from my point of view because I had been the one caring for Lucia so much to be like, oh, she likes this song and she likes food this way. And for me to be like, actually, it is okay for you to do it your way. That was probably a bit of a process for me to 
really believe that and to really accept it rather than just say, yeah, yeah, do it how you need to do it with, you know, caring for them. Um, but now I can really see, looking back on it, I can really see the value and the beauty for kids to experience adults differently with their own relationship with whoever that might be, a teacher at kindy or a family daycare or a family member. Mm. And I think there's an element, particularly if it's with parents or, or family members, you kind of have to just also be grateful that they're looking up to your kid and they're freeing you up to work. You know, I remember the first time I got a photo from uh, my parents and Banjo was having a milkshake with all his cousins that they were looking after that day. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Yes, he's like seven months old. <laughs> but he is happy and he is safe. And I'm grateful that I was able to go to work today and that he's in good care. And whether he watches some TV or has a lot of sugar, we can deal with that. Um, Lynn, before you went on mat leave, were you full-time or were you part-time? I was full-time before I went on mat leave. So I transitioned from a full-time role to a part-time role in the same organisation, yeah. And what was it like negotiating, you know, flexible working conditions? For me, it was really easy. Um, so I work in a church. It's got a pretty big um, ministry team, about 25 people. And I worked there for five or six years before I went on mat leave. So I'd been there for a little while. And I think they kind of expected I would come back part-time. So it wasn't like, I was fighting an expectation that I would just be in the exact same role that I was in. But I think the tricky thing for me was actually being in that same organization, people knowing what I used to do and what I used to work on and them having to shift their expectation of what I was now doing and me also having to, to kind of fight the identity crisis of not feeling like I was valuable or worthwhile or an asset to the team just because I was doing something different. Um, were you good at putting those clear boundaries in place? You know, because I've just heard from so many people that when you move to part-time, you often still have the load of the full-time position. Were you good at, you know, having the boundaries, not these are my hours and I'm not going to respond to that now until I'm back in the office or was that a hard process? I think I'd spoken to a bunch of mums before I went back to work who had all done different things when they returned back to work after mat leave. And I remember speaking to some friends saying, whatever you do, don't work four days because it's just the worst. Like you, because it's almost five days, you kind of have this expectation that um, you can get the same amount of work done, just do it in less days, but you're not getting paid for the full time. Um, sometimes you end up working on that fifth day anyway, because people's expectation of you is that you're basically full time. So I think I kind of went into going back to work knowing that and I obviously wasn't working four days and part of the reason why I didn't want to work more than three days was because I didn't want to fall into that trap, just my personality. I knew that I would. I'm not very good at saying no to things. So I think, yeah, part of negotiating 20 hours a week was drawing a boundary for myself and my role was quite different to the role that I had before I went on maternity leave. And I think knowing that I just had tasks I needed to tick off really like tangible things week by week really helped because it was like once those things are done, if I have extra time, I can work on extra stuff, but I really don't have any responsibility over and above those things. So the nature of my job really helped me keep those boundaries. And part of why I negotiated for the job that I had was because I wanted to kind of have that accountability for myself so that I could actually be there for the rest of the week for Joey and my husband and not feel this kind of stretched sort of 
feeling. I mean, and there's ebbs and flows. Like in every workplace, there's going to be busy times and stressful times and times where you do feel pulled more to working extra hours or whatever. Mm. Um, and I work in a church. So, yeah, it's not volatile, but, you know, flexible. It's always changing. The past few weeks with COVID-19 have been a big stretch for our team, moving from face-to-face ministry into um yeah everything online so you know I've worked a few extra hours in the past few weeks but you ebb and flow and Mm. and you you've got to learn how to check yourself when you feel like you're spilling over and and not able to give yourself to what I yeah what I see as my primary responsibility of being a wife in my family and a a mum in my family Mm. I remember someone reminding me right before I went back to work you know Proverbs 31, the wife of noble character. And, you know, yeah, it, it, it talks about how productive she is and her, her manual labor for her husband and her children and that she's a wise counselor to her friends and she's involved in her business. But it never says anywhere in that passage that she does any of those things perfectly. You know, she, she works hard and fulfills her responsibilities to those who need her. But taking that pressure off when we're transitioning back to work, particularly in that period, like do not take your emotional temperature in those first few weeks of how you're going with work or how you're going as a mom, like just let that time be a period of transition. But yeah, just knowing that we're only called to do everything to the best of our ability, not to do it perfectly, I think is very liberating. Um, Tani, for you, so you went back into a completely new role. So there weren't expectations necessarily about what your capacity would look like. But what did you find hard about that transition period? I found it hard to feel really ready until I'd started back at work. Um, I also had an orientation period for Lucia to start at kindy. So that was really good. I My job, I had a start date in mind And so I started her at kindy with short days and that was really great. And then over time we built that up and I remember being so excited the day that she'd had a sleep and eaten and, you know, those sorts of things. I was like, yes, she's settled in enough. So by the time I started my new job, I guess it came with all of the new job nerves that just come with starting a new position. But the thing that I also found hard was feeling like how on earth do I fit work into my week when my week actually feels full, caring for my little girl? Mm. Because I was thinking I prepare food so much, I'm cleaning the house, I'm going and doing other things, I'm looking after her and playing and catching up with friends and doing all the shopping. And, um, And I was thinking how on earth do I fit work into my life? So when I actually did start work, it came as a bit of a like, oh, it actually wasn't as hard as I thought because now we're homeless. I don't have to do as much housework and <laughs> yeah. preparing your food because Kindy's doing that for some of the week. So my expectations were I think that it was going to be really hard and that it was going to be just a much fuller plate for me. But what I actually found was a bit of a sigh of relief, like, oh, when I come to work, my focus is to do my job. And then when I come home, the house, it's not more messy. It's just as messy and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you mentioned how there's those natural nerves of just starting a new job. I experienced nerves just going back into, you know, the job that I loved and done well knowing that like the person who'd filled my position had absolutely thrived, (laughs) I wasn't needed. Uh, There was those nerves just trying to prove again 
my role in the team and what I could offer. It is that stressful feeling when you're coming back after a period of being out of the workplace, just, yeah, your own confidence. I found that too, coming back second, after my second maternity leave, coming back to work, I was coming back to the same position and my colleague who had filled my position, the maternity leave position, of course, I wanted her to do really well. Yeah. Um, but I also came back feeling like, oh, you did it really, really well. <laughs> you probably did it better than me in many ways. <laughs> and it did come with that feeling of really, really needing to recalibrate. My value is not how good I am at my job, even though I want to be good at it. But other people being good doesn't diminish what I'm able to offer to my workplace and my team. Mm. Them succeeding is a good thing. And I think for me, having been my second child and coming back to that position and having that dilemma was maybe easier than had it been my first child when I had lots of pent-up anxiety about, am I a good enough mum? Because I was coming with my second child, I'd kind of put to rest like, I'm not perfect, but I'm probably good enough. I felt more secure in my mothering that I thought, you know, I think... Coming back to my position, if my colleagues just killed it and done really well in the role, I really genuinely feel like that's a great thing for my workplace, that's a great thing for my colleague, that's a great thing for the people we work with. And it was really good to discuss with her like what she'd done so well and really learn from that Yeah, and to be able to have that frank conversation of it's really different coming back to work after kids because your priorities are different. My priority is my kids ultimately and my family but I also want to do my job well. But you do have competing demands mentally and physically. There's lots of things to really resolve, I think, within yourself about how you approach your work day and how you approach your position and your role. And um, Were you yeah. still breastfeeding when you returned to work? And if so, what did that look like? Like are you expressing in the staff car park or did they give you a private room in the office? Well, Otis was, he was 15 months old when I returned to work as well. But by then, breastfeeding was really more evening and morning and during the day if I was there. But if I wasn't there, he didn't miss it and he was fine with lunch and a cup of milk, really. So I'm still breastfeeding and he's two and a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really just flexible. I feed him when he asks. I'm doing that thing of you don't offer, but you don't refuse. And we're really in the early stages of that weaning process, I think. So I didn't have to pump in the car park or pump in the room or anything like that. But if that had been required, I'm sure my workplace would have been supportive of that Mm. if I'd had the conversation with them. I think it's a legal thing nowadays, right? Like you can legally require. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. For anyone listening, (laughs) you have rights. Okay. So how did you guys feel in terms of returning to work? I know I had forgotten how much I'd missed using the creative side of my brain. Like I started to feel more like myself when I returned to work. There was something really liberating about being able to go to the office for eight hours and um, yeah, having those conversations. How, How did you feel? Like what were the good things about returning to work? I even liked the drive to work. I can listen to what I like. I can stop for a coffee without having to wrangle kids in and out of the car And then getting to work, talking to other adults, being challenged, being um, stimulated intellectually, having problems to solve, 
and a feeling of productivity that I think that I needed. I loved maternity leave and on a good day, I would say I don't want to go back to work. I'd stay at home with my kids all of the time. But in on a bad day, I'd be like, it's really tricky. It can feel directionless. I don't know what to do with my time. And it can feel a pressure to do things well with your kids. So when I had the structure and form of work and things to tick off and things, tasks to achieve, that sense of efficacy and was really, it met a need that I had actually. So that was, that was a real benefit of sort of going, I've achieved something today, which of course you achieve so much when you're on maternity leave, when you're caring for your kids, you are doing so much important work, but it's really invisible work. You're feeding children food that disappears and you're washing clothes that just get dirty again. uh, And you're playing. And when the time has passed, the play has stopped. So you Aside from your children being healthy and growing physically, you don't see them. You don't see a lot. Well, and it's <laughs> and a so- thankless task as well. They don't say, "Hey, thanks, mom, for giving me brekkie this morning, and thanks for wiping my bottom." Whereas, well, they do say thank you, and that's really wonderful. But yeah, at work, when you're completing a project or getting a paycheck, there's you know that sense of affirmation and how you're spending your time and energy. Lynn, did you start to feel more like you when you went back to work? I think I definitely felt like more aspects of me that had kind of been in hibernation for a while definitely did come to the fore again, which I appreciated. And I I found early on in maternity leave, I, I did really miss being at work. I think for all those things that you said, Tani, just like I remember joking to people and saying, there's no KPIs when you're a mom, you know, no one's giving you quarterly reviews and saying, you're doing an awesome job. Here's all the goals you're hitting. Like, you know, you're going to get a great bonus at the end of the year. I mean, that doesn't happen at my work anyway, but like, (laughs) you know, lots of workplaces just have structures where you get feedback that you're doing a good job externally, where you're not just the sole motivator of what you're doing. And I think I found that really difficult at the beginning of maternity leave, where you're doing this totally new thing you've never done before. You've got complete responsibility for this tiny little human who you just love with your whole being. And you have no idea if you're doing the right thing, the wrong thing, a good thing, a bad thing. And you you build your confidence over time and you get to know your little person and you get to know what they need and how you can meet their needs. But, you know, it's like starting a new job, but just on this whole other intense level. So I think I, I did appreciate going back to work and having that structure that you spoke about um, and see the tangible things that I achieved. I appreciated just being kind of in a web and network of adult relationships again that weren't centered on kids because I think when I was on maternity leave a lot of the relationships that I was keeping up were with mums in my mum's group or with other friends who had kids so your whole world kind of becomes this little I don't want to say bubble in a negative way but you know you're just devoted to being there for your children and the people that you spend time with are also kind of in that zone and so you, you do just talk about your kids a lot and how you're finding it and how, how you're going. But I, I really appreciated speaking about problems that could be solved in different ways that weren't related to children and then solving those problems and seeing the fruit of that in different contexts that weren't just my family and that were broader and further reaching. And, and I had the joy of working somewhere where 
we do serve lots of families and we serve multi-generations. So you kind of get to see lots of different people working similar things out in their own lives, which I, I appreciate and enjoy as well. For any mums who are listening and about to return to work, do you have any practical tips about how to make that transition period a bit easier? Yeah. Um, I spoke to quite a few people about finding a childcare and uh, what to look for and I did some tours of places to get a sense of what they were like because I'd never really been to any childcare centres or kindies before and talk with your husband or your extended family or whoever else is your support with making the return to work happen because there is lots of logistics, you know, picking children up, dropping them home, preparing meals, getting people ready in the morning. There's just a lot of more moving parts when you've got places to be. It's interesting doing those tours because I ask people, you know, what should I be looking for? But at the end of the day, you really just, you get a feeling in a place. You know, that's your gut. That's like, I remember going through one childcare and I saw the educator now, I'm all for screens. It's fine. But she was showing them all these fish on the iPad. And then we continued to do the tour and I saw a massive fish tank. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, you know, it's just little things that you notice or witness and either sit well or don't that help, I think, make up your mind. Yeah, exactly. If you were chatting with other mums, you could say, oh, I did a tour here and there and this other place. And they're like, oh, I loved that place. And you're like, oh, really? I don't know. My feel was a bit different. So it really is look at a few places and get a sense of your own feeling. Does this feel right? Does a, is it a good fit for you and your family in terms of yeah. what you wanting and needing? One of the daycares that I went to, I just felt like she spent so much time talking about the experience for parents so you know we'd come through the entry and this was where you could get a coffee in the morning and um and this is the app that we use to constantly send you photos throughout the day and and then I went to the next one and it was just all about the child and I'm like that's where I want you to be putting your energy like don't worry about me you're looking after him and yeah those things until you're there and experiencing it yourself you don't really know what you're looking for um uh, one of the things that I would suggest is whatever you've negotiated. So if you have gone to more flexible working hours, time, place, whatever it is, sticking to them at the beginning is really important for your own discipline, but also to set up clear expectations of what others think you can do. So one of the things I was really deliberate on the days that I'd negotiated to leave at 11 a.m., to walk out and if I was in a meeting I'd say I'm so sorry I've got to go pick up my child which was true I needed to get to him but yeah I think if you aren't disciplined with those boundaries then they're not going to stick very long um, and also I was really deliberate in not responding to anything that wasn't essential when I wasn't in the office so if it could wait till the next morning I just didn't want people to have the idea that I was constantly on call and trying my best to not even look at my work emails until my son was asleep because I want to be at home and I want to be there for him. And it's really tempting as soon as you flick open that email, oh, I could just quickly respond to this and then 20 minutes later and you haven't even looked up. Uh, what about you, Lynn? What sort of tips would you suggest? I think pretty similar to what you guys have covered. For me, choosing daycare was a really big thing too. 
And similarly to both of you, like you just got to go with your gut in the end, like at the end of the day. Um, I remember there were a bunch of um, mums in my mum's group and their kids were all at one centre and they all loved it. And I just went and did a tour of it and I was like, "Mm, like not really feeling it. Like I'm sure it's great, but like, I don't know, I just, it's not the place that I would necessarily want to send him. And I was so glad that I decided to do tours and not just talk to people and gone with their advice because their family is not your family. I think where we ended up sending Joey was quite different to places that people had recommended to us. It wasn't a new centre. It didn't have like shiny new activity areas or that kind of thing. It's just in an old converted house. But the educators I could tell had been there for years and years because all the older kids were still wanting to give hugs to and chat to the nursery coordinators. So you're like, you've obviously been there since you were six months, a year old, you're about to start school and you just love this educator who you've known since you were a year old. And I think that was just a really more than, you know, the programs they offered or the languages they could teach your kid or, you know, the yoga or Pilates or whatever the extracurricular it was. Like, I just want to know that kids love being here and feel safe and comfortable. Something else that was really small and practical that I found really (laughs) strangely difficult was just sorting groceries out. Like, I think before I went back to work, it's like, I can do groceries whenever. I'm home any day of the week. We can just go and get them. And it was this weird thing where my big grocery day ended up being on a day that I was at work and it took me like four weeks to realize just do your groceries on a different day (laughs) and then also even little things like making sure for those first few weeks you've got meals if you can prepare in advance for the days you're at work for when you get home so you're not freaking out about trying to cook something that takes three hours from scratch because your kids probably will need you a little bit more than they might have in the evening when you pick them up from school or pick them up from daycare, they're going to want maybe extra cuddles or that extra breastfeed or whatever it is. So I found it really helpful to try and prep my two days of dinners in advance over the weekend so that when I got home it was just a case of heating up on the stove and I could play with Joey or I could nurse with him if he needed that or we could just sit and have cuddles and read a book and I wasn't feeling like I had to, to juggle cooking something that I hadn't thought about until five minutes before we walked in the door and trying to give him the extra comfort, attention, relational input that he needed after spending a day without me. Off the back of that, like my idea of hell is bulk cooking and like meal planning. (laughs) If you told me that's how I want you to spend your Sunday (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> in the kitchen preparing all the meals I'd say I'm not ya. a bulk cooker I just pick really easy meals okay. so it's like Mondays we just do pasta and a pasta sauce and yes. I buy a store-bought pasta sauce it's fine I chop up some veggies that are really easy to throw in with it it takes 15 minutes to make dinner but and we just do the same things Mondays and Tuesdays you know usually it's pasta maybe it's schnitzel like we have a rotation of meals that we go through. So I'm not a bulk cooker, but I think for me, the mental load of not having to think about what do I feel like or what do we want? It's just like, no, this is what we're having and it's the fastest and easiest thing. (laughs) Well, I go the next step. In fact, my son has his own personal chef a lot of nights of the week. Uh, He has Carmel cook for him. Uh, (laughs) Have you guys tried those little frozen meals? 
They're no. amazing Carmel's Mills. Yeah, in the freezer so section. <laughs> so yeah, someone said um, if they're at daycare, they're getting fed really, really well. They have like a really great lunch. Um, take the stress off, and and that's an option for those nights where you just have no energy, or or like you said, they need you, and they're not interested in watching you cook. That's my tip to all the other people out there who hate cooking. Our strategy, because I figure that too, they have like a hot meal really at kindy. It's like a dinner. So sometimes our dinner is more like lunch. It might be some (laughs) veggie sticks, some fruit, some crackers, some sandwich. It might be more look like more like lunch because they've had like my kids are big eaters. They would often have like three or four or five bowls of whatever they were having at kindy. And so dinner could also be breakfast, like eggs and toast and I'm not going to lie, Banjo had watermelon for dinner last night. <laughs> it's better than Cocoa Pops, right? Eggs, eggs are in every meal food, aren't they? You can have eggs for breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> true, true, true. One of the other tips I would say is to just be where you are on any given day. If you're at work, be there and feel really confident that your kids are being cared for and having wonderful experiences with other people. And then when you're home with them, enjoy being with them, you know, just enjoy your relationship with your kids and getting to watch them play and see them grow. And one of the pieces of advice I had from another mum friend when Lucia was small is that kindy can offer for your kids what you can't and also you offer your kids what kindy can't. So it's both. They're both good. Totally. I did art with Banjo a couple of weekends ago and it was awful and I'm just like I'm so thankful for daycare they can teach him that I'll teach him to throw a ball yeah (laughs) um the only other tips that I would suggest going to bed early I know it sounds (laughs) silly but it's a game changer when you've got energy when you've got bandwidth to deal with work and home and when you turn your attention your focus your energy towards something you you turn your back on something else and I just, yeah, I think you have to be realistic in what energy, emotional, physical you have and having a good night's sleep is going to help you do the best you can, particularly in those first few months of transition. I know it's nice to just sit up and watch some TV and have some alone time, but it's probably more beneficial just to get a good night's sleep. Um, And also I think remembering, like I have the greatest job in the world and yet sometimes I just need to remember that work is toil. You know, there are going to be days or weeks where you just need to push on and get on with it. And again, don't take your emotional temperature in those first few weeks and months when you're full of self-doubt, being a good mom or a good employee, uh, just give yourself time to transition. In the early days of my new job, I was really uncertain, like if it was a right fit for me um, and so people were like how's your new job and I was like it's okay it's not great I'm not loving it it's okay over time as I got used to the position as I got used to the organization I started to find it more enjoyable but those early days it was not easy I was like I'm not loving my job and to accept that that was okay to not love it in the early days because I was still achieving something very important and that was to earn money for our family and so that we could be home the rest of the time People want to go to work and really love it, but sometimes you don't love it and that's okay. All right. Well, being a working mum is tough. Um, I personally think being a stay-at-home mum is harder, but uh, if you are returning to work soon, just be kind to yourself. 
The adjustment takes time, but things will settle down. When life gets hectic and you feel like you're struggling with the pressures of motherhood and your career, just remember your identity is in Christ and you're not required to be perfect. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to continue the conversation, please join our Facebook group. It's called Mums Group Pod, which is short for podcasts. And if you've got tons of spare time, because of course all mums are sitting around twiddling their thumbs wondering what they could do, please give this podcast a rating or a review. It helps other mums to find it. Until next time, bye.